So what? This is something that I frequently say to myself, or I find myself thinking often, and, and typically when I think that, it's usually uh, either cynical in some way or defensive in some way. Like, uh, as you may be surprised by this, I am not the fastest person, um, and that has been that way my entire life. Like, I am not quick at all. And, and I remember when I was younger, my coaches would say stuff like this, hey, Langford, you run like your feet are in wet concrete. And mentally, I would just think, yeah, so what? And, and if, if you know me at all, like, I am not a fashion-forward person. Like, I, my shirts run in two categories, either shirts with words or shirts without words. And, and my wife, every once in a while, she'll ask me this question. I know exactly what it means. It's like, you're going to go out in that? And, and I never say it out loud, but I always think this. I'm like, yeah, so what? <laughs> But, but so what can also be a question of curiosity as well. Like, like this question this morning, like, so what brings us here this morning? Like, why this Sunday? Like, what's so special about Easter Sunday? Why do we sing these songs with these words? Like, why do we celebrate? What's, what's so significant about this event that we keep on talking about? And maybe you came this morning because you understand what this is about and you're excited and you're ready to celebrate what that is. Or maybe you came this morning because this is just your routine. I mean, every Sunday, or at least most Sundays, you show up on a Sunday morning to a, a church or, or some kind of a religious service. Or, or, or maybe this is just tradition for you. Easter Sunday is when you go to church. Or, or maybe you got promised that, hey, hey, we're going to brunch and then you showed up here. Like, I mean, there may have been whatever reason that you are here this morning. Let me just say this. I'm super glad that you're here. Really, really glad that you're here. But my hope and my prayer is that regardless of the reason that you've come here this morning, that you would leave here changed in some way, that God would work and move in some way to change you. Because this morning, what we are going to talk about is something so amazing and so incredible that it really requires faith to believe it. It's the resurrection of this person named Jesus. And that three days earlier, he had died this horrific death on a Roman cross. I mean, he died a death that, that he certainly was, it was certainly unjustified. He, he died a death that was undignified. He died a death that he was willing to endure. He died a death that paid a price that we could never pay ourselves. He paid a debt that we owed. It was a death that he didn't deserve so that we could have a life that we don't deserve. And, and it was a death that was motivated out of this amazing, unconditional love for all of us. And it's after this death, this horrific death, like immediately after this death, as he's being pulled down from the cross, that this story that we're going to look at this morning takes place. And it's found in Luke chapter 23, verses 55 and 56. It, it says this, The women who had come with him, Jesus, from Galilee, followed and saw the tomb and how his body was laid. And they returned and prepared spices and ointments. On the Sabbath they rested according to the commandments. And my question on this morning, the so what question is, I'm wondering if these women were wrestling with the same question. So what now? 
So, so what now? I, I mean, if you put yourself in, in their place, and in, in these women, and not just the women, but also the men who had been following him, if you put them in their place and, and understand where they're coming from, I mean, for three years they had given up everything to follow this man named Jesus. I mean, they abandoned family, they abandoned jobs, they had given it all up. They sold the farm in order to follow this person named Jesus. And they listened to him teach, and they watched him heal people for three years, and they really believed that he was the one, the one that they'd been waiting for, the Messiah. And then they watched him die the way that he dies on the cross. So now what? He's dead. And maybe... What this is, is this is their last act. They would at least make sure that he is properly buried. So what now? Honor the dead, pick up the pieces, move on with life. And the chances are that they will leave disillusioned, they will leave disappointed, and they will leave lost. And maybe, maybe you can relate to where these women are. Have you ever had a so what now moment? I mean, for those of you in this room that are sports fans, like myself, like the team that you cheer for and you follow, like they fall short again this year of the championship, and you're like, so what now? Now, some of you guys root for teams that that's every year for you. Or maybe you've just like put everything that you are into a project. Like everything is in a project or everything is in something that you really cared about and it just didn't turn out as it was expected or it just completely gets scrapped and you ask yourself the question, so what now? Or, or, or you trusted someone and they let you down again or or. Your relationship suddenly dissolves. It suddenly just falls apart. And you ask that self, yourself the question, so what now? Or, or you didn't get that job that you expected, that promotion. Or worse yet, you, your position gets eliminated and you lose your job. And you ask yourself that question, so what now? Or maybe you get that news from the doctor, that news that you have been dreading, those words that you dread to hear. And you're in that place where you ask that question, so what now? And life never seems to work out as you expected, and you ask yourself the question, so what now? And if that's you, then you can relate to where these women are. So what now? The story continues in Luke chapter 24, verses 1 through 12. But on the first day of the week at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. This is three days later. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood uh, by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened, they bowed down and bowed down their faces to the ground. The men said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but he has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee? that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and on the third day, rise. And they remembered his words, and returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and all the rest. 
Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary the mother of James and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale. And they did not believe them. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb, stooping in and looking in. He saw the linen cloths by themselves and he went home marveling at what happened. Now, it's easy sometimes to read this, but I want to really, like, for you to immerse yourself in this scene, to picture this moment right now. My guess is, as these women are walking toward the tomb, this is not a happy moment for them. I mean, they are going to prepare a body for burial, which means they are going to bring the body out, they're going to unwrap it from the the linen that they had emergency like wrapped him around, they're going to wash his body, this body that was, had been whipped, had been crucified, had been sat in a, in, a, in a warm tomb for three days. I mean, they're going to wash this. And not only that, they're going to wash it. It's going to be somebody that they love. I mean, this is not an exciting moment for them. And, and I'm guessing they're still grieving. They're still reeling. They're still shocked by the, everything that's happened. In fact, there's another account of the story where even as they're going on the way, they remember, oh my gosh, there's this huge stone. Like, how in the world are we going to move this big rock? Like, they hadn't even thought through what they're going to do. And, and they get to the tomb, and as they're approaching the tomb, they realize this rock has been removed, and the tomb is open, and they go in, and they realize that he's not even there. And, and while this is kind of like playing in their mind, all of a sudden, two glowing dudes like show up and stand next to him. And basically, their message is, what are you doing here? Like, why are you here? Like, why didn't you listen to what he said? He's not going to be here. Like, your, your presence here is, doesn't make sense. And then all of a sudden, they remember, oh, yeah, Jesus did say he was going to rise. They don't really understand what that means, but they're like, oh, yeah. And so they, my guess is at this point, they just sprint back. To the, to, the, to the followers, the, the 11 that are gathered and all the rest of them that are in the room, and they're like, you won't believe it. And I can just picture these women, like, I mean, they are just like talking over one another about everything that they've seen and witnessed. Like, the disciples, their heads are probably like following around, like trying to pick up the whole story. And it says they don't believe them. Like, they think that they're out of their minds. But Peter... Like, Peter gets up, he's got to see this for himself, and Peter runs to the tomb himself and looks in, and it says he marveled at what he saw. The Greek word there for marveled, that's translated marveled in this translation, also means wondered. Like, I wonder, I wonder what's happening, like, I wonder what's going on. And in our conversation this morning, I think that's true for us, like, so what does this mean? Like, what does this mean? And I can tell you this morning what this meant for this first group of followers, the ones who had actually seen Jesus rise from the dead. You see, this group of followers, these 11 followers and these women who had seen Jesus from the dead, just days before, they had, they had abandoned Jesus in his darkest hour, like they had left him in the garden. And, and they had left him to endure the trial, they had left him at... To, to go through the cross, like they had abandoned him. They were afraid that the same thing was going to happen to them. This same group of people, just weeks later, would be boldly sharing that Jesus is alive. And eventually, they would take this message to the entire world. 
Like that's what the resurrection meant to them. So, so what does this mean? It, what it meant for them and what it means for us today is this is proof that Jesus was indeed the Son of God, that if he hadn't raised from the dead, this movement would have died. If Jesus hadn't raised from the dead, he would have just been another false prophet who had died in a long line of false prophets at that time. And consider this, that most of these people who witnessed Jesus alive ultimately will die because they believed that they saw Jesus was alive. And if the resurrection didn't happen, we would not be here in this room this morning. You see, everything they believed and everything we believe stands on the event of the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. So much so that Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 14, he says this, and if Christ has not been raised, in other words, if the resurrection didn't happen, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. In other words, if there is no resurrection, then you're wasting, we're wasting our time. So what does this mean? The resurrection means everything. Because the resurrection gives us hope. It gives us hope of life now, and it gives us hope of life to come. Peter, who saw the resurrected Jesus himself, wrote in 1 Peter 1.3, he said this, he said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Why a living hope? Like why? That's a weird phrase. Like, why a living hope? It's because... On the cross, Jesus died for all of our sin. All of it. Sin that we have done and sin that we will do. And when we accept and when we acknowledge Jesus Christ as our Savior and Lord, we are no longer condemned by our sin. It doesn't mean that we don't sin. Oh yeah, we do. It just means that we're not guilty before God of our sin. And because of Jesus, we have been completely and wholly forgiven nothing can separate us from God's love and hear me in this there's nothing that you can do to earn it you cannot be good enough to earn this and you certainly are not good enough to deserve it and neither am I it's only something that we can accept it's only something that's been freely given to us and all we have to do is accept it that's the gospel that's the good news but that isn't all that isn't all through the, his resurrection, Jesus conquered death. And it doesn't mean that we don't physically die. I got bad news for you. Every person in this room is going to die. Like, that's inevitable. Physically, we are going to die. But what it does mean is that there's a life beyond this life, that there's an eternal life that will be perfect. And it will be amazing because it's going to be with God, fully in his presence for the rest of eternity. That's the hope of the resurrection. And, and I always think of the resurrection kind of like a seed. This is a sunflower seed. And in this seed is the potential for life. Like it's a potential for life. Now I can take this seed and I can put it in this pouch and I can set it on a shelf somewhere in the dark and it'll just still stay a seed. 
But if I take the seed and I bury it, which is really kind of what happens when we die physically, like we're kind of like this old body kind of dies and perishes, it becomes something completely different. In this case, it becomes a sunflower. And when we put our hope and our trust in Jesus, and when we die, this old body is going to be transformed into something new, something that will never die, something that will never decay, and something that in every way will be perfect. That's the hope of the resurrection. And this morning we have these seed packets available. They're on the communion tables or in the back. They're on the way out. We'd love for each person just to grab one of these. And our encouragement is to take this. Don't put it on a shelf, but nothing will happen to it. But take this and plant it. And when the sunflowers come out, be reminded of the hope that we have in the resurrection. As you look at the sunflower that comes out, just be reminded of the beauty of the resurrection. So what does the resurrection mean? Let me just share one more thing that I think the resurrection means. And this may be the most important thing that you hear this morning. I wore this shirt for a reason. Usually I don't wear shirts with words because it drives our tech team nuts when I wear shirts with words. So, but I wore this shirt because it, it has meaning this morning. I love this verse in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19, that basically says, we have this hope as an anchor for our soul. This hope that this is talking about is the hope of the resurrection of Jesus. We have this hope as an anchor for our soul. What is an anchor? An anchor basically is used to keep a a ship in its own position. And regardless of what it encounters, what it comes up against, nothing moves the ship. And again, because our hope in the resurrection, we have something very, very special that we can celebrate this morning. Let me ask you this question. What is it you fear most? Like, what what is it you fear most? I mean, for me, it's clowns. But apart from clowns, like, what is it you fear most? And I think if we were completely honest this morning, I think it's death, right? Maybe not our own death, but certainly the death of those that we love and care for. Like, that's the thing that we fear most. And And here's what the resurrection means. The resurrection means that our greatest fear no longer has to be a fear. I mean, think about that for a moment. The resurrection means that our greatest fear no longer has to be a fear. fear. And if our greatest fear is no longer fear, then we don't have to have fear at all. That is what the resurrection means. Paul again, who had seen the risen Jesus, said this. He said, for me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. And basically what Paul was saying when he, when he, when he wrote that is basically, you know, if I get to live, then I just get, get, get to keep on telling people about Jesus. Like, that's awesome. But if I die, I get to be with Jesus. Like, that's even better. That's what the resurrection meant for Paul, and that's what the resurrection means for us as well. You see, Jesus' death on the cross has freed us from the consequence of sin, and it's restored our relationship with God, and the resurrection has given us this hope to anchor our lives in. There is nothing to fear. God is with us. God is in us, and even death cannot separate us from him. And for those who have said yes to Jesus, 
This is what the resurrection means. That death is never a goodbye. It's only a see you later. That's so what? Let's pray. Father, you are awesome. Father, I'm so grateful for the hope that we have because of what Jesus has done for us on the cross. I'm thankful for the promise. I thank you that we can come and we can celebrate this this morning, that we can come and celebrate you this morning. And Father, I would just pray that you would just stir in our hearts today and that, that you would move us closer to you um, through your Holy Spirit. And Father, that you would guide us and that we would be able to put our faith and trust that we don't have to fear anymore. There's nothing to fear. Father, I just pray that you would work and move right now. And it's in Jesus' name I pray.